Hello, hello, my friends, my family, my community, my tribe. Welcome to the Hippie Moms Podcast. What's up, my friends? So excited you're here. Um, And I'm so grateful, really grateful that you are spending um, some of your precious day listening to this transmission of whatever message is coming through today. And actually, I do know what message is coming through today. Um, Today, I want to talk about meditation. Now, before you're like, I know I need to meditate, just hear me out. I'm going to share my experience. I'm going to share my journey in meditation. But I want to preface all of this with this. Okay? Preface all of this with this. I am not a meditation guru. I do not teach meditation. Um, I have read countless books on meditation. Um, I've listened to countless audiobooks on meditation. Um, but I'm not going to regurgitate a bunch of information. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you my experience of meditation. And you can also replace the word meditation with prayer, stillness. Um, it's just like almost the word God, you know, Allah. Um, uh, whatever you want it to be, the universe, source, whatever you feel comfortable using, just insert there. Um, Because what I've learned is that words and language are all part of the conditioning that we've picked up in our life. So you can hold on really tight to anything, but really what is the meaning to you? Okay, how do you truly um, feel about whatever the message is coming through. And that's what I'm trying to get to, okay? So I have some, I know some of my religious friends are, you know, I actually have a friend that doesn't believe in meditation. You know, she believes in prayer and stillness and she thinks meditation is new age and not of God. And I don't, that's fine. What I'm really wanting to instill and uh, transmute into this conversation is this place within us where we are one with the universe, we're with God. We are literally in presence with ourselves. And I have to tell you, that is not a very easy place to be because we are not taught from an early age how vital it is to get to a place of this nature. Okay, so um, we're going to start back. I'm going to we're going to start back in um, motherhood. Actually, before that, I just want to um, share, you know, ever since the get go, I mean, middle school, high school, when we start to change, we get that awkward stage of life, um, especially in middle school, right? It's such an awkward, awkward stage. And then high school, you know, we care so much about what people think, what we wear, what we drive. It's so external. Um, and then college, you know, you kind of start to figure out like what the hell you're going to do with your life. And, and the twenties is all about kind of figuring that out. And thirties, you kind of get more comfortable with who you are. And then 40, you're just like, this is who I am. And it, it, it's like this constant evolution of self-discovery, this life, this, this, this path that we are here to, to pave the way of. And it's, it's beautiful. But for me, I just remember I've always struggled with this underlying angst, this underlying feeling of longing for something, of needing something. And I didn't know what it was. Now, of course, like everyone, we want, I try to fill it up. I tried to fill it up with 
attention from boys or men, uh, clothes, uh, alcohol, uh, drugs. You know, I, in high school and in college, I had a whole drug spurt uh, where I did cocaine and um, acid and uh, smoked tons of weed and tried all sorts of things. Um, and you know what? That, that, that didn't fill it. <laughs> the longing was still there. The longing was still there. And then, and then I got into, okay, well, I just needed my career. And then I got into my career and it just kind of, uh, still it was there, you know? And then I was like, okay, I just need to get married, right? I need to get married and have kids. And so I got married. Um, that didn't do it. Um, I had kids and I really thought like my kids were going to be the answers to all my problems, right? They were going to fill me up which that is a whole other fucking issue we need to talk about, Um, that we actually look upon others outside of us to make us whole, right? Just even thinking about that, like how ridiculous is that? Like we're really putting that responsibility on somebody else. Um, And then when I had kids, um, that that just made this hole in me even bigger. And I remember, I mean, from a very young age, I was very spiritual. I, I prayed a lot. I felt a very deep connection to God um, and Jesus, and I still do very much. It's just different now. I was um, conditioned by uh, religion uh, to believe that I had to act and be a certain way in order to be loved, and I just think that's a bunch of fucking bullshit, if you ask me, that you that there's conditions to you being loved. And that is the whole issue in the entire world is that we put conditions on love. And I still put conditions on my love because that's how I was trained. And so that's the work that I'm working within myself of. But my point is, is that, you know, having a very deep connection um, started in my religion. And then I really started to discover and long for it even more as I, as I grew up, as I learned that there's nothing that can ever fill that. Uh, when my eldest was four years old and my youngest was two, I went through the depths of motherhood. Um, I was, I was extremely depressed. I was drinking a lot. I was running on sugar and wine and coffee. I was, um, not, really taking care of myself. Now I would go do yoga and I would work out. That was pretty much the extent of it. Um, you know, I would try and eat good as what I thought was good at that point. You know, that evolves and that changes. Um, but I struggled. I really struggled. And I lived in a community where um, being perfect was how you're supposed to be. You know, you're supposed to have no wrinkles and nice big boobs and uh, really thin waist and um, all the things all the time. And of course, that was my experience. I'm not saying that that's how it was, but that was my reflection of what I saw in in that in that um, in that community. So um, I knew uh, in my self-discovery and what I was really trying to do, I, I read countless, countless self-help books. I remember um, when I began working in commercial real estate in my late 20s, mid-late 20s, I, I was so, so distraught. I was so just like longing, right? Longing. And I would drink a lot. And again, nothing was doing. So I'm like, I need help. I need help. So I'm going to go get some self-help books. So I read so many spiritual uh, books. I read so many self-help books. And I really went into this, you know, a decades of reading books, of figuring out how to fix myself, right? Because that's what we do. We, we, we innately just think we're broken. We just think we're broken. We think that that is how we are. 
Um, but I want to tell you, you're not, (laughs) you're so not broken. You're so perfect. And that is the problem. It's our separation from our perfection that we are, that creates that, um, that thought that, uh, the discrepancy of that we truly are so divinely perfect for our soul's journey and what we're here to do. And the only way we can truly experience that truth is by truly going within and connecting. Um, so I knew forever that I needed to meditate. I had read about it. I had studied it. Um, I had tried it a few times, but I'm like, oh, I can't meditate because I, I just can't get my mind still. It's kind of like someone saying they're not going to go do yoga because they're not flexible enough. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of ridiculous. And so when I knew that I always needed to meditate, right? I knew that it was going to benefit me, but I, do you know the excuses, right? You probably have all these excuses too, right? When my kids go to school or when I have a quiet place to do it or when I have an altar or when I have a meditation place or when this is over or when that's over or when I have this or when I have that. It's like excuses just continue and you're self-sabotaging yourself. I was completely self-sabotaging myself. And this is, I was talking about this with a friend the other day on a walk. It's It's so crazy how we know what is good for us. We know what can benefit us. We know what can up-level us, up-level our DNA by nourishing, eating nourishing foods, by moving our body, by getting out in nature, uh, by uh, not picking fights with our kids or yelling at our kids. We know that, but we don't do it. We don't do it. Why? Because it's habits. We haven't created the habits. We haven't truly changed the way that we operate. And in order to change the way we operate, it's uncomfortable, right? It's just uncomfortable. We have to get, and, and, and I love this. I, I've used this example a lot of times in here. It's um, my beautiful friend, mentor, and someone I look up to so much, Angela Ferrari. You know, it's like one of those things that when we get out of our comfort zone, or if it's anything that we're just scared of doing, and we're so scared, we don't want to do it. We don't want to do it. And one of my recent ones was um, apologizing to my husband because I'm very stubborn and I just wanted to like, you know, I knew the best thing for me to do is to go and say, listen, I'm sorry. I, you know, I should have not acted like a child and had a fit. And I'm sorry about that, uh, but I could not. I couldn't bring myself to do it, you guys. So I want you to know that I'm I'm on this journey with you. I I have so much growth to do, um, but it's like you know, once I do that, and I have done it, I do it many times. And when I finally do it, you know what Angela says? It feels like you're gonna jump off a cliff. It's just like you're on the edge and you're looking down. And you're like, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to do it. And then you do it, and you're like, oh, that was just a curb. It was a fucking curb. You're fine. And you did it. And I'm like, and then when you do it, you're like, yes, it's like skydiving, right? Putting yourself out of your comfort zone. It's so fucking vital that we do that. And meditation for me was, was really out of my comfort zone. It was something that I thought was going to take so much time. I mean, I remember I was, I, I was with my kids. They were screaming, crying. I was looking around. I was like, I need to meditate. I'm like, but I'm, how can I do that? That it's like impossible. It's impossible. I already kind of created the impossibility, um, in my mind. And so that's, that's what happens. We just kind of close up to what can be rather than being courageous and saying, I know I need to do this. So I'm, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it for myself because I know 
that this is something I have to do. Because we know innately, deep down, if we need something. And I'm curious, whether you meditate or not, how you feel about that. And if you don't meditate, have you been pushing it off? Do you need something or someone or some circumstance to be a certain way in order for you to do it? Right? Most of us do. Okay. Um, So... I decided finally, when I had a very low, low point uh, moment in my in my motherhood, it was when I completely screamed into my uh, my eldest face. He was, I, I've told this story before, but I'm just going to kind of reiterate it here. He wanted a treat. He wanted a treat. He wanted a treat, and I kept saying no, no, no. After lunch, after you have lunch, after you have lunch, and he was he's so persistent, you guys. He's like the most. It's it's a beautiful gift, but man, it's annoying. <laughs> um, and. And I, you know, my youngest was crying and screaming and he was like pulling on my leg and I just lost it on him. I knelt down. I put my face in his face. I put my hands around his cheeks and I screamed at the top of my lungs, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. I was so just, I had it. I was empty. I had no, nothing more to pour. I had nothing more to pour. You know, here it is. All I want is him not to have sugar before lunch. That was my thing. I'm being a good mom. I'm trying to do all the right things, be this perfect mother. And I just lost it. And I and I kind of could not believe that I did that. I was so ashamed. I was so upset about it. And I fell on the floor and I started to cry. And he knelt down beside me and he goes, Mama, it's okay. It's okay, Mama. You know, he forgave me. It was hard. And he was like, I'm sorry, Mama. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. Ugh, ugh. That was the moment that was like, I need to get my shit together. Okay. Cause I can't be yelling at my kids. I can't, I mean, I could feel like I wanted to be physical with him. Like I wanted to shake the shit out of him. I'm just being honest. I mean, what mom hasn't felt that way? We just feel ashamed. We feel like those emotions and those feelings are wrong, but they're not. They're fucking normal. They're normal. You're so normal. And so that was the moment. So um, I told my husband what happened and he's like, listen, I, I know how much you need this and you've been talking about it for fucking years and it's time to do it. So how can I support you? Um, and then I did tell a story, you know, it did take a little bit of time. And then, um, my husband was going through a lot of work and he started meditating. And I remember watching, seeing him in his office meditating. I was like, he is not going to meditate before me. And that was all I needed. You guys, that was all I needed. I needed my husband to meditate before me in order for me to get to meditate. It was so funny. That was my ego. But you know what? Sometimes the ego does help us out a little bit. So within two weeks, I was meditating daily for 10 minutes. I would sit on the couch. The kids would be somewhere. I would always make 10 minutes a day in order to do it. And let me tell you, when you make it a priority, you can fucking make it happen, okay? We just don't make it a priority, so we don't make it happen, and we let all the other excuses fall in, and, and that's just how it goes. So I literally was sitting two weeks in of meditating, and I would sit there, and my mind would just think, and I would, you know, blah, 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 story after story, yada, 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 like all the things, and and I just remember I put on some meditation music. I'd been using music, and I just sat there, and about five minutes into it, I, I felt some space. I felt the spaciousness between my thoughts, and it wasn't very long, and I just noticed, like, my breath, and I noticed, like, just being like complete presence, right? And I had felt complete presence in drug-induced experiences, like when I had done psilocybin, not in a ceremonial setting. Uh, I tell you, I, I definitely believe psilocybin and those kind of things. Plant medicines need to be held in a ceremony. Um, I had felt that presence before, but nothing self-induced, right? I always had some chemical component that helped me. And 
I remember I was sitting there and I, my body felt calm. Like I, like my nervous system was like calm and I noticed it because it was such a difference from what it normally was. I was always in fight or flight. I was always, you know, one, I was, you know, drinking caffeine, I was drinking alcohol. And then it was just like the same cycle and over and over. My nervous system never had an opportunity to just like be. And then I remember a thought came into my mind. And I don't remember the thought, and that's irrelevant, but I felt my stomach tighten and I felt my chest get like tight. And I was like, wow. Like it was just this visceral experience of how thoughts impact the body and how my body was responding to my thoughts. And I didn't really get the whole saying that your body responds to your thoughts, whether they're real real or not. So they are responding to the environment your thoughts are creating. So if you're stressed and you're afraid or you're telling yourself a story that isn't, you know, you're making up one, again, another story that you're telling yourself and it's frightening and it's fear-based, your body's going to think it's real. And so think about that. That's the most of us. That's what we're doing all the time. We're just making up these stories in our bodies. Just like, fuck, God, the world's ending. You know, I'm going to get the C word. I'm going to get the vid. I'm going to, you know, my, my people are going to die. It's like, and then we just, and it's like, it's like, what? And actually, if you come into the present moment, everything's fucking fine. Everything's fine. Like, look around right now. Take a breath. Look around. What do you see? Are you driving? Are you with your kids? Are you making a meal? Maybe your kid's crying, you know? Maybe you're trying to listen to podcasts and you're being interrupted. It's like, but you're okay. You're okay. Like right now you are safe. You're, you're okay. And that was the moment where I got it. And my experience in meditation, I, I've been meditating for four, four or five years. I don't know exactly. I have to do the math, but I think about four and a half, five years. And there's been times and bouts where I've maybe a month or two, I've like stopped, you know, in the summer when the kids are home, but there are huge repercussions from that. I notice so many differences. And so then I get back to it. So, okay. So that's kind of my story. Okay. About meditation. Now, what, here's the thing I want to, I want to talk about some, I think, misconceptions of things that I had, you know, I felt like you had to sit in a lotus position, right? (laughs) Do you know how uncomfortable that is for 30 minutes, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, however you're long meditate that you had to, um, have complete stillness and quiet and that your mind is not supposed to think, okay. That's just bullshit. It's a practice. And I think that's what's hard for us, you know, especially a lot of us that are grown in this instant gratification culture that we want it now. And anything, anything that is worth having, that is really going to help us, that is going to nourish us, that's really going to change our lives, it takes time. There's no quick fix, as I've shared millions of times in this podcast. There just isn't. You know, there might be some amazing people and things and energetic healings and experiences that completely change your life. Yes, yes to those. But day in and day out, that's where the magic happens. And so what I say is find a comfortable position. You know, my husband, he lays down. He does fall asleep. That's why I always recommend sitting up. But you do you. Get into a place and time that you can do this, that you can sit that you can just be comfortable 
I like to sit up with my on my bed. That's my favorite place to meditate. I put my bat on my pillow behind my back. I cross my legs, and I sit and I breathe. And there's a couple of different things that I do, some visualizations. But what I want to give you are some ideas on how you can just start, right? So the first thing you do is you carve out some time, okay? For me, it's not in the morning. Everyone's like, meditate in the morning, meditate in the morning. That's great. Do it. Do it when it works for you. Don't do it when you're like, I need to do it in the morning. And then you can't, then you don't do it in the morning because you can't do it. Like you just do it. For me, around two o'clock in the afternoon, that's my favorite time. You know, I have the morning, I'm creative. I do, before I get anything done, I go and I put my feet on the earth. I'm going to be talking about the mind gems in another podcast, but I sit and I do my, um, you know, my morning ritual that grounds me. I center and I pray and that kind of helps me feel good. So I think something in the morning is important. And if you can find meditation in the morning, awesome. You just have to make time for it. Okay. You have to make time for it. Invest in you. This is like literally investing in your mental health. Okay. And so I sit, I love to sage. I like to, I, for me, it's just a beautiful like ritual, like lighting some sage. I love the smell and it can kind of clear energy around you, whether you believe that or not, I really don't care. But for me, I love it. And I breathe. Now there is some music that I want to bring in, something that I, I always recommend to people that are have a really hard time um, calming the mind. And it's music called Hemisync. Have you guys heard of Hemisync music? It's H-E-M-I-S-Y-N-C. Okay, so what is Hemisync? Okay, so Hemisync was created by Robert Monroe. Now, I love Robert Monroe. I'm going to tell you a quick little story about him because he is fascinating. So he... Um, from my limited understanding, I've watched a whole documentary, but I'm going off my uh, memory. So you can Google him easily. Um, he was on wall street and he made millions and millions, and millions of dollars. And he had been having out of body experiences for a very long time. And I know if you're like, what? I know it's crazy. Um, you probably have had out of body experiences. If I'm getting too woo woo on you, that's okay. Just be open to this information. Um, because five years ago, Becky would be totally like, okay, she's full of bullshit. But, um, now with more of my research and understanding of energy and consciousness, this totally resonates with me. Um, so he was having all the experiences, but he could never really talk about them because nobody is going to take him seriously. So after he left Wall Street, he retired, he opened up the Monroe Institute, which is a fabulous institute in Virginia. And they focus a lot on out of body, but meditation, a lot of different areas to really just help people expand human consciousness. And what he did there is he ended up, um, through the help of some people created Hemisync music. So it was pioneered by researcher and inventor Robert Monroe, and it's brainwave music that blends scientifically and clinically proven audio technology that works quite simply by sending different sounds, tones, to each ear by stereo speakers or stereo headphones. So what you're doing is you're getting a different um, tone on each ear. Okay, the two hemispheres of the brain then act in unison to hear a third signal called a binaural beat. The difference between the two tones. So the difference between the two tones. So this isn't an actually um, this is not an actual sound in the recording, but an electrical signal that can only be perceived within the brain when both brain hemispheres are working together. The result, a whole brain state known as 
hemispheric synchronization or hemisync, an optimal condition for improving human performance. Okay, so specific combinations of hemisync signals, for example, can help individuals achieve laser-like focus and concentration. Um, it also facilitates profound relaxation, expanded awareness, or other desired states. Okay. You're welcome. So you can find Hemisync, it's H-E-M-I-S-Y-N-C. If you have, um, you can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Spotify. That's what I listen to. Um, I think there's also, um, you know, you can buy it. I don't know. I just listen to it. I have my Spotify account, which I love. Um, and I'm going to put this uh, Hemisync for You website in the show notes so you can learn about it. And I think there's also get uh, a free way of Hemisync download. So, um, that is a really easy way to start. Um, just listening to these binaural beats that are designed to help you relax and focus. Like they're literally create the theta brainwaves. Those are the brainwaves that put us in deep relaxation. This deep relaxation is so important for our bodies to get it. Okay. And what we're doing is we're training our mind to get there. So what's beautiful is I've trained my mind through this hemisync to get there even without it to get there even in silence, which really there's no silence when, I don't know, my dog's moving around and stuff, but it doesn't matter. So that is a great way to start is find that place where your mind can just get into relaxation. That is the magic. And here's what I've realized, okay? What I've realized is when you get into that space, you are connected to source energy. You are connected to a quantum field a consciousness and truly a um, endless source of energy, an endless source of healing, an endless source of love, unconditional love. And I know this may sound a little woo-woo and maybe you're with me, maybe you're not. It doesn't matter. All I am suggesting to you is you experience it yourself. You find your own path to meditation because so many times we make excuses thinking it's supposed to look like a certain way. It's supposed to feel like a certain way. And it's not. It's your way. You are bio-individual. You are unique. And this is your relationship to yourself. And isn't it insane that we have such a hard time just sitting with ourselves in stillness, listening to our thoughts? And that was one of the most, again, the most incredible things is meditation also helps you look at what you're thinking. And can you start asking yourself, does that thinking, does that habitual thought that, that circulates in my mind healthy for me? Does it serve me? And if not, can you change it? Can you modify it? Can you decide that I don't want to think that way anymore? I want to bring a new way of thinking. Yes. Yes. The possibilities are endless. So, ah. <sighs> My dream, my mission is for more of us to go within because when we do, we hear the answers we need. Everything is inside of you. You don't even need me. You don't need your doctor. Okay. Maybe you need your doctor. I don't know. You need whoever you think you need, but you are everything you need already. And when we meditate, when we go within and we find that center and stillness, we are tapped into something so much bigger than us so much more beautiful and and big and and mysterious and mysterious than we can ever imagine and it's it's amazing and and it will help us remember who we are okay it also activates the penile gland 
okay, which is a very important part of the brain that actually helps us connect to the divine, connect to the present moment, connect to the source. And because of our lifestyle and fluoride in our water and processed foods, our pineal gland gets calcified. So meditation will help decalcify. I don't even know if that's even a fucking word, but you know what I mean? And so that we can become more conscious and more aware because the dumbing down of the world is a is a goal of these dark powers that are looming, that are creating chaos and fear in our world. But when we go within, we see there's nothing to fear. We see that everything is okay. And we can start to pave our own way to being, to generating the happiness that we want, to generating the joy that we want to be. Because that longing that you have, the longing that I had my whole life is fulfilled in that space. It's beautiful. And I want that for you. Because let me tell you, when we start being that and generating what we want in our lives for ourselves within us, we teach our kids to do it. And we stop looking at our people and circumstances around us to fulfill us because they never will. It just puts us in that constant state of anxiety and angst. And nobody needs to live in that. You don't have to. You have a choice. But it takes practice. So will you invest in yourself? Start with 10 minutes a day. Can you do that? I'm about at 30, 45 minutes a day right now. And it is absolute bliss. And I look at it like, and it's not going to be always bliss. Let me tell you that. Like sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I don't want to be there. But every time I'm done, it's like, yes, you get to plug in. It's almost like plugging into an outlet and charging. It's like charging your battery. It's like plugging into this endless source of energy. It upgrades your DNA. It, 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 it supports your mitochondria. It supports your cells. It supports healing. It's anti-aging. I mean, you know the benefits of meditation. Just go online. There's thousands of studies showing the benefits of meditation. Okay, or prayer or stillness, whatever you want to call it. Okay, that's my message for today, my friends. And if you would be so kind to subscribe and leave me a review, I would be so grateful for that. That's just going to help us get our community and message out to the world even more. So I I so appreciate your support. And I cannot wait to connect with you on the next Hippie Moms podcast. Bye.